Welcome into the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. I'm Brady Cannon, along with Wes Reynolds, live from the Circa Resort and Casino in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. And for the next three hours, we'll take you through all of the action, update you on the in-game wagering opportunities, and also preview the games coming up on your Saturday. Happy Mother's Day tomorrow uh, for all of those out there, of course, celebrating Mother's Day on this Saturday of sports action before we head into that special holiday. And we have a couple of baseball games in action, one still in a rain delay west, but the Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates are underway, and the Pirates escaped a little bit of a jam in the bottom half of the second inning, bottom half of the first inning, rather, Cubs with an early one to nothing lead, and here at BetMGM, they went off as minus 200 favorites. Cubs uh, took the uh, money today, and currently, as you said, Brady, a run in the first inning. Contreras hit by the pitch with the bases loaded, the only run of the game. Cubs took the first game of the series yesterday, but it got a little dicey. It was kind of a ho-hum, 3 nothing. Pirates really weren't doing anything. Cubs bullpen kind of made a mess of it there at the end and held on for a 3-2 win, so kind of a bad beat if you laid the run and a half, and uh, about plus 145, I think, was the aggregate number. So Cubs up one nothing today. It is Trevor Williams against Crow. Williams already 43 pitches through the first two innings, so this looks like this could be perhaps on pace to be a short day, but nevertheless up one nothing here early in Wrigley. And that's interesting to note because here in the live total market at BetMGM, it's now at 7.5. Of course, only one run on the board right now. But with the high pitch count, maybe an opportunity to look at betting the over here if we get into the bullpens earlier than expected in this game. Right now, over 7.5, plus 105 at BetMGM. Yeah, certainly right. Uh, this was a low-scoring game yesterday, 3-2. to two. Cubs have kind of been hit or miss in terms of the hitting, not hitting early on in the season. Then they kind of got going a little bit. But one nothing right now. Pirates, not the best offense uh, you will see in Major League Baseball. So the total today, I believe, close 7.5 or 8 juice to the under. So kind of a higher total than we've seen, really, with the Cubs lately. So certainly, to your point, maybe betting on the over if these pitchers are going to have a short day. Right now, bottom of the second, Cubs still batting with one out in the bottom of the second and a one nothing lead over the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Rockies and the Cardinals also got underway earlier today, 11.15 a.m. Pacific time, 2.15 Eastern start for Chichi Gonzalez and Carlos Martinez. Uh, the Rockies, uh, seven games out in the cellar currently in the NL West. St. Louis, meanwhile, on top in their division. They went off as minus 185 favorites at BetMGM today. And this one on an over uh, pace as well. The total closed at 7.5. Right now in the live market, 9.5 as St. Louis is out to a 3-1 to or three to one lead. The under took the money here, and I took 7.5 at the plus price at plus 105. I wasn't really sure why it took the money because I think you've got Chichi Gonzalez, you know, has had ERAs in the high fours, low fives, pretty much for the whole course of his career. And both of these guys have much higher XFIPs than they have in terms of the ERA, about a run and a quarter on Carlos Martinez's side. This, of course, is the first time that the St. Louis Cardinals with Nolan Arenado get a crack at Arenado's old team, being the Colorado Rockies. Of course, Arenado uh, got the big contract uh, in St. Louis. But so far right now, Three to one, as you said, top of the third, two outs for the Rockies. And uh, Cardinals did all their damage in the first inning with uh, three runs in the top frame. 
And the one game currently in delay right now is back in New York. It was scheduled for the Yankees hosting the Washington Nationals in a good pitching matchup here today, Wes, of former Cy Young Award winners with Max Scherzer going for the Nationals against Corey Kluber of the Yankees. And the Yankees had really been on a tear, and now all of a sudden they've lost two in a row. And the Nationals uh, are only two and a half games back of first place Philadelphia in the National League East, an interleague matchup here, obviously, the Bombers opened up as a slight favorite in this game, but now, uh, still in delay, the game is still up on the board, and at BetMGM, it's a pick em, minus 110 either way, eight for your total. Yeah, five out of the last 16 Cy Young Awards uh, between these two pitchers, three for Max Scherzer, two for Corey Kluber. On the national side, they got a nice win last night, got some runs late in the ball game. Soto did Juan Soto did return to the lineup on Friday. He was out since April 19th. So uh, he's now in the lineup with Trey Turner. And then they've got some older guys that have not really been hitting as much. Uh, some of the other new acquisitions, namely Cal Schwarber and Josh Bell. These guys just have not hit so far this season. So Nationals really still trying to figure it out. They've got some uh, young talent, obviously, there with Soto as kind of the guy that carries that lineup. But you've got Scherzer on the mound. And he's had a couple rough outings in his first six starts, but even in those nine earned runs and 11 innings, he was still striking out guys, 14 strikeouts versus two walks. So obviously still not finished yet, even though he is at the age of 36. Uh, Corey Kluber the, has gotten a little bit better, started out rough in his first couple starts, but the last two starts, 14 and two-thirds innings, one earned run, three walks, 15 strikeouts. But those starts were against the Orioles and the Tigers, not exactly two potent lineups at the plate. So I ended up not doing anything really with this. I thought eight was fair. I can see that the under's getting a little bit of juice to the under, so I can kind of see that. But I stayed away from this game because New York, despite the loss last night, has started to hit better, especially Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, I don't have a play in this game either. I did lean a little bit with the Nationals. Max Scherzer as a dog is always something to take a second look at. Uh, but again, I did not get involved, and hopefully that one will get underway here pretty soon. Also, Getting underway pretty quick. We have some action in the NHL. 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern puck drops for the Boston Bruins. We'll take on the Rangers, this one in Boston, and then that'll be followed by the Sabres and the Penguins. We'll start in Boston here, Wes. And, of course, the Boston Bruins, they still have a lot of motivation to try and improve their playoff positioning in the East Division. The Rangers have been eliminated. We saw that fiasco the other night with the Washington Capitals. I, I just kind of wonder how New York is going to react in this game. Now, obviously, against Boston, it's a big rivalry. Uh, do they show up, or or do they just, uh, you know, call this uh, a, a season, call this uh, thing a, a foregone conclusion that the season is over and they're headed to the beach? They're massive underdogs today. Here at BetMGM, Boston is a minus 305 favorite and five and a half is your total. Rangers going with the backup goalie, Keith Kincaid today, who I believe has only, if my uh, eyes don't deceive me, has only, have only made eight, has only made eight starts this season. So they are going with the backup goaltender. That is, of course, accounted for in the price. Rangers eliminated from the playoff contention earlier in the week. So Boston currently right now sitting in that three spot in the East. So they can still perhaps at least 
get to maybe that two spot to perhaps get home ice advantage. All the playoff spots, the four playoff spots in the East are spoken for. Pittsburgh currently at 75 points, Washington at 73, then you have the Bees at 71, and then the New York Islanders have kind of fallen off a little bit. They are at 68 points, so this is a big price. And look, we saw the other night, I think it was Thursday night, when every favorite was about two and a quarter or 250 or more. It's like some of these favorites, everybody's going to parlay them all together, and one of these favorites is going to lose and end up being two losing. So Bruins are going to close out with two at home against the Rangers and then the Islanders on Monday night, and then they go to D.C. on on uh, Tuesday night. So I couldn't really get there on, on this side. This is a very big price here for the Bruins. They should win. I don't want to lay it. Yeah, no, I don't either, and I do lean towards the Bruins anyway. I, I mean, they're playing pretty darn good hockey right now, and I just don't know what New York team they're is They're the team I up. kind of like in the futures market that I'm not yet involved. I did not do a ton of NHL futures this year because I wasn't sure how this schedule, this different dynamic, was going to play out this season. But the Bruins, since the All-Star break, have been red hot. And they got Taylor Hall in that trade from the Buffalo Sabres, and it's also it's almost like Taylor Hall remembered how to play hockey. <laughs> and maybe that happens sometimes when you've been with some down teams like he had been with with the New Jersey Devils and then subsequently with Buffalo. Sometimes maybe your motivation gets a little sapped when you're losing a lot of hockey games, and all of a sudden now he's with a viable contender, and this is a team that's very good defensively. They don't score a ton of goals, but they have a lot of offensive talent. So... The Bruins, and I noticed them the other day. I thought I saw them in around 15 to 1 range. And really? That high? Yeah, somewhere around 12 to 15. Maybe the prices weren't updated. I will check again. But if I could get the Bruins kind of like middle to slightly lower double digits, 12 to 1 at least is what I would need. I would love to have the Boston Bruins. And apparently these are from DraftKings at 20 to 1. Wow. So, yeah, that's a price I would definitely like to be in on with Boston because I think that they're going to be heard from in the playoffs. Yeah, I thought they were about 10 or 12. They're one of the teams I do not have a ticket on in the East. I have the Florida Panthers, the Washington Capitals, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, you've got three good ones to start with, at least. Yeah, and I can't add any more at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, I had two from each side of the ledger. And one of the things you can always do, Brady, is you can always do series prices, because that's the one thing. If you're not really knee-deep into this futures market, you do have series prices that you can get involved with, and they're going to change and be adjusted from game to game, so... When we get to the playoffs uh, in about 10 or so days, you're going to have those. So let's say you bet the underdog in the series, they win first game, then you can come back in the other side. I know a lot of hockey bettors that do that oh, yeah. and basically trade out game to game from series price to get plus money and just basically lock in profit. All right, the other game, it's a similar scenario between the Sabres and the Penguins. You've got one of the worst teams in hockey in Buffalo and the Penguins, a team that's trying to hold on to its top spot in the Eastern Division. The the Penguins are two points ahead of the Washington Capitals. They're also massive favorites today at minus 360 in a high total of six and a half. I think the difference here for me, Wes, is the Sabres have been playing, you know, they've been trying hard. They Mm -hmm. show up every night. Mm I kind of lean a little bit towards the over because if we're going to get an effort out of Buffalo, I think this has a good chance to get to seven goals. Well, and if you look at the uh, last three games for Pittsburgh on Monday, they got blown out 7-2 to by the Flyers, then paid them back the very next night in Philadelphia, 7-3. to And then these two teams met on Thursday night. It was 8-4. to Now you have essentially number three goaltenders because Pittsburgh, I think, knows that – 
they obviously know they've clinched the playoffs. They're still trying to maybe lock up that number one seed in the East. But against a team like Buffalo, they go ahead and put that third goaltender out there, that being Maxim Lagasse and Michael Hauser are going to be the goaltender for the Buffalo Sabres. And also the fact that the Pittsburgh Penguins, I believe I saw a couple in, uh, goalies on their injury report, Tristan Jari, upper body injury. I don't know how severe that is. That might be kind of like, okay, let's just rest him. We're against a subpar team. Maybe we can get away with resting him because you're not wanting to see these teams use a lot of their top goaltenders in back-to-back games or use them too much going into the playoffs. So squeeze in an off day here. It hasn't really mattered because Buffalo long eliminated from the playoffs, basically the walking wounded here. So big price here, but at this stage of the season, unless you're doing parlays, I'm not laying big prices. I'm not laying puck in the half. Yeah. I think I'd be more confident with the Bruins than I would with the Penguins here. Uh, If I did anything with that Penguin-Sabres game, I might look towards the over. We've got FCS football playoffs going on down to the quarterfinals. And I know, Wes, you squeaked out a win earlier today. Right now, James Madison taking on Sam Houston. This one looks headed to the under as well. Yeah, the uh, to update that first game, that number one seed was South Dakota State. They beat Delaware 33-3. That poor quarterback for Delaware, Henderson, he had had a shoulder injury coming in on his non-throwing shoulder. But he was beat up all game long. I made a comment on Twitter. They're going to have to keep him together with duct tape. But <laughs> a really interesting spot here because I was talking about this. Danielle Alvari and I did My Guys in the Desert this week right here on Decent, And we had Kenny White on who's been involved in this FCS market. And Kenny was like, you know, it seems right for the under, but he couldn't really bet the under because it was going to be a blowout. And that's exactly what it was. I went ahead and followed and laid the seven on South Dakota State. That gets there easily. But I had the under 38 on this game, Brady. This was almost like an old school mid-2000s SEC game. Like, remember those LSU-Alabama games when those totals weren't in the 60s or 70s when they were in, like, the low 30s because it was a 10-9 game, it seemed like, every time? That's kind of how this game played out. And this was 27-3 to at halftime, South Dakota State, and still stayed under because I came in here when we were getting set up. I was like, that game stayed under because I stopped <laughs> following it because I thought, eh, okay. Had eight got, points to work yeah, with in that and, half and, of football. And somehow it got there. And, and the second game, as you mentioned, has gotten started. Sam Houston State did upset. North Dakota State uh, as home underdogs last Sunday. So they get James Madison. James Madison won the FCS title a few years ago. JMU was a very small road favorite here at Circus Sports. One and a half. You even saw some twos, including at the South Point, including at Westgate Superbook USA. One and a half at BetMGM. So three to nothing. Very low scoring game. The over did get some support here. Close 46 and a half. 47 at BetMGM. So, so far, three to nothing. Sam Houston over James Madison. And over to the world of golf, the Wells Fargo Championship. And it looks like Rory McIlroy has returned home, uh, reunited, and it feels so good a place he has won twice at before quail hollow club in charlotte north carolina and rory is currently in the lead starting the day he was two shots off the pace but was the adjusted odds betting favorite at about four to one 
Rory now out in front at eight under par for the tournament. He's four under par on his round today through eight holes, trailed by Scott Piercy by a shot. You've got Carlos Ortiz and Gary Woodland at six under par, two shots back. Scott Stallings at five under par. Luke List and Keith Mitchell also at five under par. And then also a Jason Duffner sighting really mm-hmm. came around. With nice a, round today. Absolutely, and he is four under par for the tournament. But uh, right now, Rory is a pretty decided favorite to get this one home. Two-time winner here at Quail Hollow. You kind of thought, okay, if there's a time to get right, it might be here. And then, of course, in two weeks, Kiwa Island, where he won the 2012 PGA. So uh, maybe uh, premature to write Rory McIlroy's golf obituary. He's still got a lot of good golf left in him. Absolutely, and he'll get another quote-unquote home game, a place he's won before in a couple of weeks when we head to South Carolina. We'll be back with more of the Green Zone presented by BetMGM in just a moment. Basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. We are live at the Circa Resort and Casino right here nestled into the sports book. And what a sports book it is indeed. Updating a couple of baseball scores. We have two games in action. Still waiting on the Washington Nationals and the New York Yankees to start after a weather delay there in the Bronx. St. Louis Cardinals leading the Colorado Rockies 3-1 to one here in the bottom of the third inning. And the Chicago Cubs leading the Pittsburgh Pirates 1 to nothing. also in the bottom of the third there at Wrigley Field. Wes, we've got a couple of ball games, three ball games really, starting in about 35, 40 minutes from now. And we'll go to Oracle Park in San Francisco where the Padres will be visiting the Giants. 105 Pacific, 405 Eastern. Good game last night in San Francisco between these two combatants in a very competitive NL West. The Padres tied it up after a pair of two-run blasts and then San Francisco won it with a game-winning solo shot in the seventh inning to get the victory 5-4. to four. Today, it'll be Joe Musgrove taking on Kevin Gaussman. San Diego, a road favorite across the board here, and, he, and here at BetMGM, minus 135 with a total of seven. Giants 10-6 and six against the NL West. Padres just 11-9, and nine, and Giants got the first win last night, as you mentioned, leading the NL West. Kind of a nice surprise. I don't think anybody thought this team was going to be bad, but I think it was kind of like almost seen as a foregone conclusion, Dodgers, Padres, and then everybody else. And San Francisco Giants are saying, hold on to that. They do have 43 home runs as a team. That is fifth in all of Major League Baseball. But Joe Musgrove, you look at his record. He's, you know, sometimes we over-evaluate pitcher records. 
He's two and three on the season, but he's already thrown a no hitter. He's two thirty eight on the ERA and two thirty seven on the XFIP. That is outstanding. Kevin Gaussman, two oh four ERA, three seventy on the XFIP. He's been pretty good in his own right, but you're seeing the Padres get a little bit of the support, and I think Musgrove off a no hitter, even though we've now had four of them thrown this season. Wade Miley did so last night for Cincinnati. Still going to get the action. I don't necessarily disagree with the move, but if I get involved here, it's going to be on the over at seven. And I think it's minus $1.15 right now at BetMGM, some minus 120 out there as well. Maybe some regression for both of these staffs. And San Francisco's been hitting pretty solid. Padres got to get their bats going. But we saw it last night, a five to four game. Lean here with the over at seven. Yeah, I did actually play the Padres in this one, and I'm kind of with you on leaning towards the over as well. I did not play that, but that's be that would be the direction I would go. Uh, the Rays at the Athletics, this will go at also 105 Pacific, 405 Eastern. Tampa is just two and a half back in the AL East. The A's lead Seattle in the AL West by just a game and a half. Oakland took the opener here on Friday night, but today it'll be Tyler Glass now countering for Tampa Bay versus Frankie Montas. And the Rays are a road favorite, kind of like uh, their friends across the Bay Bridge there. The San Diego Padres are favored on the road. So is Tampa Bay. And the same price, minus 135 here at BetMGM, 7.5 for your total. This is the second time these pitchers are actually facing off against each other. Frankie Montas did throw six solid innings uh, in the loss to Tampa Bay earlier this season. He has not really been great this season trying to figure it out. 587 on the ERA, 423 on the XFIP. Glasnow 206 versus 270 on the XFIP for his part. Glasnow actually did shut out Oakland earlier this season. So maybe that gives a little bit of value on the ace here. And you're seeing a trickle of money come in on Oakland. And that would, I think, be the way I would go here. Lean with the swing and A's here. Yeah, I'm exactly uh, where you're going there. I'm leaning with the swing and A's. See if we can get one more in here. It's the Twins at the Tigers. Jose Barrios against Jose Urena. Two teams at the bottom of the AL Central, and Detroit is already 15 games below 500 this season. Minnesota laying it on the road, minus 185 and a total of 7.5. No play for me here with the AL Central bottom feeders. If I did anything, I would lean to the under if you can find eight juice to the under, but right now at BetMGM sitting at a solid 7.5. I uh, actually do have a play on the Twins. I laid the juice. I think I laid about minus 175, minus 180, and I actually lean a little bit towards the over. We'll see if we can wake up those Tigers bats. I did not get involved on the total, but I am on the Twins as far as the side. We'll take a look at the NBA coming up for your Saturday next, right here on the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. Did you know vcin.com has the latest lines and odds for every game on the board tonight? Track the line movements with live charts, get estimated scores for every matchup, and all the betting information you need to stay on top of the action. For instance, 
Look at this Golden State Warriors number. It's gone from 13.5, 14.5, now at 15. You'll get all of that at vsin.com. You can also use our parlay calculator to figure out payouts. Get our betting 101 information, including definitions of the betting terms we use right here on the Sports Betting Network. Start your day sports betting research for free at vsin.com. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you inside the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM, live here at the Circa Resort and Casino. An update on the baseball scores. No change in Chicago, where the Cubs are leading the Pirates one to nothing, but a fairly decent size change in St. Louis, where the Cardinals have extended their lead over the Colorado Rockies. Now five to one in the top of the fourth inning as the Rockies continue to struggle. As I mentioned at the top of the show, currently seven games back in in the very competitive National League West. Let's take a look at the NBA tonight. And we were talking about hockey at the top of the program, Wes. A couple of games getting underway as we speak. Still scoreless between the Sabres and the Penguins. And we've got uh, more games, obviously, in action later today on the ice and in the NBA. And it's all down to the wire here as far as playoff positioning and not. And it'll start with the Wizards and the Pacers today at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And this is really interesting with both of these teams fighting for their playoff lives. Indiana in the nine hole in the Eastern Conference and Washington is in the 10th hole and just a half a game separates these two teams. Now, Washington, as you know, has been red hot. They've won seven out of their last 10. They're laying it here on the road. Three and a half points is the number. And how about this total? 248 and a half. Yeah, and I'll start with the total here, and there's a reason why it's that high, and I'm not looking to go under. I have not bet the over as of yet, and it's still on the move, but Washington, 120.6 points per 100 possessions over the last 10 games. What did you say again? What was it? 120.6 points per 100 possessions. So they are fourth in pace over the last 10 games, and who has been first in pace? That has been the Indiana Pacers. And they have been doing it basically, and we mentioned this a few weeks ago when Miles Turner went back out of the lineup, and then he came back in for a couple games, then he got hurt again. Without Miles Turner, this team is much faster on the floor, but they are substantially worse defensively without Miles Turner. Miles Turner, not the best offensive player for a big guy in the NBA, but a very good shot blocker and a guy that's long that can alter shots even if he doesn't block them. So without him down low, this team has not played a lot of defense, and you saw that materialize, I think, the other night against Sacramento. Of course, we saw the little shouting match back and forth between Goga Batadze and assistant Greg Foster where they almost got into it, had to be separated, where Foster got mad at Goga for letting an uncontested dunk down the lane, and then Goga goes down and hits a three at the other end, and he's yelling at assistant coach Greg Foster, the former longtime Utah Jazz player, to sit the blank down is what he said. I'll uh, keep it keep it PG here for the audience. And Greg Foster did not like that. This was a guy that got in Shaquille O'Neal's face all those years ago in those great Lakers-Utah Jazz playoff series in the late 90s, so he wasn't going to let Goga Bataze do that to him, or Foster got suspended for Thursday's game in Atlanta. Pacers, a lot of dissension being reported in the ranks, and maybe Nate Bjorkren could end up being a one-and-done as head coach there in Indianapolis, but they did get a win against the Atlanta Hawks as about six-and-a-half, seven-point underdogs on Thursday. They are the underdog again. I'm not sure if everything is fixed or if that's just okay. The Pacers kind of rallied around the family there because they were getting crapped on all over the place with all these reports coming out. So it's like, okay, we can put it together for one really good effort. Karis LeVert really carried them down the stretch. But 
I couldn't bet the under here. I'm, I'm not sure what I want to do on the side. The, the Wizards clearly have been playing a lot better. You've been saying how hot they were, and the Pacers kind of seem like a team going in the opposite direction. Pacers, by the way, half-game lead in the loss column for that 9-10 ranking here for the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. I'm not looking to really bet the Pacers right now. I don't have a lot of confidence in them. If anything, I get involved, and, and I hate doing this because I'm more of an under player and an over yeah. player. But I know where you're going. I go I, the same I have way. To, I have to yeah. play the over here, I feel like, if I'm going to get involved with this. 248.5, boy, that's an absurd number, but these teams are running at absurd paces right now and not playing great defense. Even though the Wizards have kind of gone back to league average, the Pacers' defense has been atrocious. Now, there's a reason that number is that high. I, I'd be headed that direction as well. By the way, Kai Tom hits a two-run bomb for the Pittsburgh Pirates, his first career home run, and they take the lead over the Chicago Cubs. Two to one there at Wrigley Field, still batting in the top of the fourth inning with one out. The Grizzlies at the Raptors, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. Toronto has really only the smallest of shots left to be able to get into the postseason. They are four games back of the 10th spot with just five games left to play, and they've lost two in a row. You wonder what their motivation is at this point. Now, Memphis is in the thick of it. They're in the nine hole in the West, just a half a game back of Golden State and a game ahead of San Antonio. Grizzlies a road favorite here at BetMGM laying five and a half with a total of 227. It kind of seemed like Thursday night is when the Raptors were going to make their last stand, and I ended up pushing on the game. I took them plus two against the Wizards. They fall at home in overtime, 131 to 129. So now four games out of the playoff spot, that last spot with five games to play. I'm looking at the roster and the potential lineups tonight. Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, OG Ananobi, not going to go tonight for the Toronto Raptors against Memphis. So this may be Nick Nurse and company kind of waving the white flag saying, okay, fellas, we know we're not going to make the playoffs. The Memphis Grizzlies obviously in a much better spot currently in the Western Conference. Uh, they're actually in the nine spot, just a game ahead of San Antonio in the 10 spot. But Three and a half ahead of New Orleans, who lost last night in Philadelphia. A very close loss despite being without Zion Williamson. So this number looks high on the road for Memphis Delay, who I think is very much what their record says they are. To quote Bill Parcells, they are a 500 <laughs> average NBA basketball team. But with Toronto shorthanded, I can't really bet them at this standpoint. So this is a stay away from me. All right, one more here to get to the Nets at the Nuggets. This is a 7 p.m. Pacific start, 10 p.m. Eastern, and Denver is currently battling it out for the third seed in the Western Conference, and they've won seven out of their last ten. The Nets have been struggling. They have lost four in a row, and uh, they are now tied for second in the East with Milwaukee. The Nets are favored here on the road by four points, and your total is 232. And Denver did put a lot into that Utah game last night and then uh, eventually lost. Denver currently in the fourth spot right now. So I wonder how much Denver has left here, but Brooklyn absolutely struggling down the stretch. I have not gotten involved with this one yet. Small lean to the Brooklyn Nets side. Still no score in the two hockey games. The Sabres and the Penguins at zero. The Rangers and the Bruins at zero apiece. And Rory McIlroy still leading the Wells Fargo Championship by a stroke at 800 par. We'll be back with more here on the Green Zone presented by BetMGM. Stick with us on VSIN, the sports betting network.
Get in the ring with BetMGM and you can win $100 for a $1 wager on the championship boxing showdown between Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders. Just use the bonus code VSIN100 and experience the fight night with the king of sportsbooks. And don't forget to watch live on on the zone May 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, that is this evening, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. It excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line, 800-889-9789. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds back with you inside the Green Zone, presented by BetMGM. A couple of baseball games going on. Also, the Yankees and the Nationals not yet underway. Yes, they are. They just resumed play there uh, in the Bronx. Uh, never got started, so this is the very beginning of the game, and it's Max Scherzer facing off with Corey Kluber in that one. Went off as a pick'em game here at BetMGM and still scoreless early in this ball game. They're into the top of the second inning, and the Washington Nationals do have a runner on first base with one out. 5-1, to one, the St. Louis Cardinals leading the Colorado Rockies in the top of the fifth inning at Bush Stadium. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, by the way of a two-run home run, take the lead over the Chicago Cubs 2-1 to one in the bottom of the fourth inning. And, Wes, we've got some football to talk about here. Of course, fresh off of the NFL draft that took place April 29th through the weekend. A week ago, really, today is when it closed out. And the first two quarterbacks taken were Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Lawrence, of course, coming out of Clemson. Wilson out of BYU, he goes to the Jets. Wilson goes to the Jaguars. Those two picks were absolutely expected, and they went true to form. We've already got some betting opportunities on these two picks and how they'll fare in the coming season as far as passing yards, passing touchdowns, and interceptions thrown. Every number is a little bit higher for Trevor Lawrence. 4,199.5 yards. It's a pick em either way if you want to go under or over. Passing touchdowns for Lawrence at 22.5. The over is a favorite at minus 130. And then interceptions at 14.5 and and the under is actually a favorite at minus 120. Obviously, it's very, very early, and it's hard to kind of put an angle or a handicap on this, but any initial thoughts when you take a look at these prop bets? Yeah, and the schedules are going to be out later this week. I believe May 12th was the release date. We do know the opponents for all these teams now, 17-game season. So just kind of looking at the schedule first on the Jacksonville side, uh, NFC West is who the AFC South is going to play in terms of inter- interconference opponents, and then they also get AFC East teams. So with Lawrence, I kind of lean a little bit to the over a, a bit on the touchdowns. I'd be interested in some rushing props, too, yeah. when those come up for Trevor Lawrence, because I think Urban Meyer likes to have mobile quarterbacks, likes to have a quarterback that's able, if nothing's down the field, not to force it, try to run and scramble, Get some yards, you know, scramble out of bounds, take your five and six yard gain. But I know Jacksonville is still down on talent, but 
I think Lawrence perhaps could go over this. He's got a decent little receiving core down there with Shark, with LaVisca Chenault from Colorado, with Marvin Jones, the former Detroit Lion. Philip Dorsett is a speedster. It's been around the league with Indianapolis and New England. So, And he's also got running backs because James Robinson had a really nice year last year as an undrafted free agent. So that's why I was kind of curious with that second first-round pick to go ahead and spend it on Lawrence's teammate, Travis Etienne. But obviously, you got to think they have some chemistry. They're going to use those guys as passers out of the backfield. They do have Carlos Hyde, who can kind of be He maybe, was coached by Meyer at Ohio State, yes. wasn't he? Right? So he could maybe be kind of that short yardage type of back mm-hmm. when you get inside the red zone. I like the way all that offense is set up for him. Yeah, I, I do too. Daryl Bevel takes over as the offensive coordinator down there. Also, Brian Schottenheimer, the passing game coordinator and the quarterback's coach. So experienced staff, at least on the offense, to work with a young rookie quarterback like Trevor Lawrence. So... I could see this going over because, look, this is a team that won one game last year, and they had nothing to do. You can't say that they got worse in the draft, so the only way they can go was up with some improvements. This team still has some talent they got to get over, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So you got to think, okay, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be behind in their fair share of games. So you got to let Trevor Lawrence throw the football. And I think he's going to be the day one starter. They're not going to necessarily baby him. And there you see on the graphics. Now, Joe Burrow, only 13 touchdowns, but he was injured. So he was on pace to go over. Kyler Murray threw 20 in 2019. Baker Mayfield, 27 as a rookie. Some of these other rookie quarterbacks either had injuries or they also had – they didn't start right away opening week. Like we don't know if Lance or, or fields are going to start for the 49ers or bears respectively. We know Lawrence starts from day one. So I would be prone to go over on the touchdowns. What was it? 22 and a half. Correct. Yeah. And over the over is a favorite. Yeah. That would be my lean. I think that number is about right. I wish it was maybe one or two lower, but that would be where I would be prone to go. But if anything for Lawrence uh, props for the season, like I mentioned earlier, I'd be wanting to maybe look at those rushing props. You know, how many rushing touchdowns or rushing yards if somebody's going to have that up. So that would be where I'd be looking for Lawrence, at least on first glance. Now, J.J., our producer, tells me, and correct me if I'm wrong, J.J., but I believe you said three and a half is the number for rushing touchdowns, under or over. That seems a little light. I'd kind of want to go over on yeah, that Yeah, remember, this is a big dude. This oh, is yeah. not a guy that's a, a 5'10 quarterback here. This is a big, tall, really good athlete that I think his athletic ability is actually underestimated because he played with so much offensive talent down there at Clemson. This guy, I think when you compare him to like a Mac Jones, not that Mac Jones is a bad athlete, Trevor Lawrence, a much better athlete. He was the clear consensus number one in the draft. And you mentioned the rushing prop, and I just kind of did a little bit of math here. I mean, if he averages 25, 30 uh, rushing yards per game, mm-hmm. that's that's somewhere in between 400 and 500 rushing yards for the season. Are, are you kind of comfortable with that, Tw- 25 rushing yards a game maybe? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now they're – because – they're not going to necessarily use ATN and Robinson all the time. They're going to get the bulk of the carries, obviously. Sure. But those are two guys that you can use in the passing game. Short screens, mm-hmm. little flares out of the backfield. So Trevor Lawrence is going to have the opportunity with the pass rush coming where Urban Meyer is going to say, okay, tuck it and run and see what you get, what you can do instead of you know forcing an interception down the field and not turning the ball over. Yeah, you can almost guarantee 10 yards every game just when he's flushed out of the pocket. See if he can get an additional 15 or so by the design. 
Uh, Zach Wilson, the new quarterback for the New York Jets, figuring he's going to start week one as well. Uh, 3,875 and a half yards as far as his under over total of passing yards. And that's minus 110 either way. That's a pick em. His passing TDs at 20 and a half. And over is the favorite at minus 125 here at BetMGM. The interceptions down a tick from where Lawrence is. His number is 13 and a half. And that's a pick em either way. Wes, you and I had discussed this uh, proposition market before on these two quarterbacks. And I, the one that jumps out a little bit for me is over on the interceptions. Mm-hmm. And we know that BYU schedule was a little weak last year, albeit Zach Wilson performed great. Um, But I think uh, maybe the competition wasn't as good as it could have been, and it might be a little bit of a rude awakening here with the NFL competition in his face. And I could see him throwing maybe more than 13 and a half interceptions. Right. And when you look at the talent, I think the receiving core actually is a little bit less proven with the New York Jets. You do have a couple veterans, Jamison Crowder, Corey Davis. They did add Elijah Moore early in the second round out of Ole Miss. So I like that pick. By I the way. do too, and I think he's going to be very good. And clearly, they had to do some improvement on the offensive line there in New York. Mackay Becton, now a first rounder in his second year. They did make that trade and got Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. So you would assume he's going to start on day one. Jets defense, I think, was relatively solid last year, even though the numbers were deceiving because the offense was so bad. And those guys were on the field all the time. So that's why those numbers got inflated. You look at the running backs. So Michael P. Ryan, Tevin Coleman comes in from San Francisco. They did draft Michael Carter, I believe, in the fourth round out of North Carolina. Did yes. had a chance to yes. take his teammate, Williams, Javante Williams, out of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, there in the second round. Elected not to do that and go with the receiver with Elijah Moore. So interceptions, I actually, of those props that were listed up there, I actually like that one the best because – you're going to have a young guy that's going to force it. And we often see that, even with elite quarterbacks that you know are kind of like can't-miss guys. Like, I remember as a Colts season ticket holder watching Peyton Manning almost throw 30 interceptions in his rookie year. (laughs) Now, he threw about almost the same number of touchdowns as well, but it's like, okay, these windows against Vanderbilt and Mississippi State are not as tight (laughs) as they are against New England or Denver or any of these NFL teams you're playing. So, it's going to be time for that rookie to get used to this. Uh, and obviously learning a new offense, uh, the offensive coordinator is Mike LaFleur. Of course, the new head coach, Robert Soleil, who is more of a defensive guy, comes in from San Francisco. So this guy's going to have, I think, a little bit more growing pain. So when you compare the Lawrence numbers, I think you'd be more want to look to the over. And I think maybe some of the, if you want to look passing yards and touchdowns, I don't think there's a ton of value there, but I'd be more looking to under than over, but I think the interceptions one you pointed out is actually probably the way to go here with Wilson. Still no score between the Washington Nationals and the New York Yankees. They are now in the bottom of the second. The Yankees at the plate facing Max Scherzer with two outs. Still no score in the hockey as well. The Bruins and the Rangers have gone to the first intermission. Still scoreless there and no score in Pittsburgh between the Penguins and the Sabres. They are just about a minute left before the first break there. The Cubs have tied it up two to piece now with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Colorado Rockies have gotten on the board five to two now. They trail the St. Louis Cardinals. Also, James Madison way out in front in the FCS semifinal over Sam Houston 17 to three. 
The first hour of the program is in the books. It'll be Mike Caranio on the other side of the Mandalay Bay. We'll get his thoughts on everything going down at his shop when we return on the other side right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 